Welcome to the Million Dollar Strategies Podcast, where success isn't villainized. We turn failures into opportunities, and 10x growth is the norm. I'm your host, Sean Buck. Hey, everyone. This is Sean Buck, and I have another Million Dollar Strategy Podcast for you, and I am super stoked to welcome uh, my longtime friend, Mike Stadola, to the podcast. Mike, how's it going? I am awesome, Sean. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Yeah, doing good. So, um, so Mike and I met years ago um, at an event uh, that we we're putting on that that he was a part of and that I was exhibiting at. And uh, this was probably like uh, six, seven years ago. Been good friends since. And Mike is one of uh, the best out there uh, in the marketing world, uh, both as a, as a guy, just good. Uh, high integrity guy, but also uh, just super smart marketer, and so so I'm pumped to have you on, man. And um, and uh, yeah, I, I want to dive. I want to dive right in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when you told me what the podcast was called, I mean, I had to make the decision. I I usually like to do multi million dollar strategies rather than just million dollar strategies, but I, I figured one out. So yeah, that's we're, perfect. We're yeah. Go on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, we'll you know we'll we'll stick with just an extra million dollars, you know, I mean, that, that would always would be the, you know, it's always well, I nice. Think just do it twice. Just do it twice. Yeah. Just like, do it just twice. Do the Perfect. strategy, then, then do it again. Uh, yeah. So, yep. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. I don't know, like before I jump in, like, I don't know if you've ever done this where you're like, I'll do a review of our marketing at the end of the year. Um, and we'll look at, we'll look at the marketing and we'll look at our, you know, how much money we made off of each thing, profit, loss, whatever it was, you know, however that campaign turned out. And I'll sometimes I'll, we'll get to campaigns. We're like, Crap, we made like three hundred and fifty-two thousand bucks off this thing. Like, why didn't we sure. do it again? <laughs> like, what yeah. happened? So, who dropped well, the ball there? You know. So, um, yeah. It I mean, this was me. funny, Sean, because I, I mean, no, that that's exactly what happens, and that's actually what I want to talk about today is really an unwavering commitment to what you want. Um, so I mean, well, look, hold on. before you jump into yeah. that though, I don't want you to jump into that. Cause I need you to give okay, a little okay. backstory. I need you to give a backstory okay. first. Yeah. Okay. I need them to know how amazing you are. And so I'm going to have you, I, I want you to share that. So share, okay. so tell us about <laughs> share, you. Share how, how amazing yep. I am. Yep. So share your, how long share do we have here, Sean? Man, we've, we've got all so. the time in the world. Um, <laughs> okay. Share, share who you are. I would prefer that you start from birth, but no, I'm just kidding. So, um, you know, pick a time point, start, go forward, um, uh, and just give us a little bit of your background and then let's jump, and then we'll jump straight in uh, to, yeah, the, to the main topic. Yeah. No, absolutely. That, that's perfect. I mean, so not quite starting from birth, but uh, took a traditional education route was very fortunate to have parents who uh, wanted me to go to college and could afford to send me there. So I got a degree in finance. But as part of that finance degree, there was a, uh, a little subset within that major that were, were courses in real estate. And I mean, after doing internships in corporate finance and various areas, I'm like, this real estate thing is interesting because you kind of get paid what you're worth. You make your own money. Um, and so I actually went out of school, got a finance degree from, went, went to a top finance school and then uh, decided to go into an industry where you need no college education. Um, and that was, that was real estate because I loved real estate and the idea of really kind of um, being your own boss. But more than that, it was like controlling your own destiny there. You, you sink or swim on your own. 
And uh, but what I didn't fully understand with real estate was that you really don't get paid and actually it costs about $5,000 to get up and going in that. Um, so very quickly, I had to uh, learn how to sink or swim. There was no safety net. I had no money. I was a broke, just out of college person, um, like many people are. Luckily, I wasn't saddled with tens of thousands of debt. So thanks, mom and dad, um, <laughs> for taking care of that for me. So I didn't have that pressure, which honestly might have might have changed what I had done if I had to pay student loans right away and everything. I don't know. Um, but I discovered marketing real quickly. I got into, got into real estate and I uh, read a book that, that I know you know well, but I didn't know anything about uh, real estate. So I was doing everything and listening to a whole bunch of stuff. And I got a book called The Ultimate Sales Letter and then The No BS Guide to Direct Response uh, Marketing. And at this time, it was an even longer title. I think it was for non-direct response mark, uh, marketers or companies or something like that. Like it was ridiculously long, but I had heard this guy, Dan Kennedy, and um, basically got into marketing. Fast forward a few years, had my own business, grew that to uh, multiple millions of dollars, sold that, and actually joined up with the company that Dan Kennedy, the guy who wrote that first marketing book that I had read. I mean, I read the ones in college. Had I read them, I mean, I paid a lot for them and probably didn't open them, but I went to marketing classes um, anyways. Um, but uh, then I was able to work with that company, generate crap loads of leads, make a heck of a lot of money on promotions. And that's what I have done ever since. My real passion is uh, finding businesses and helping them add zeros. Um, whether it's the, the first, how many would that be? The first six zeros, um, which is what I did most recently or uh, the last company I was with, it was just um, at adding um, more millions to, to the company. Um, so that is what I do and excited to be on here because um, I think everybody needs to know exactly uh, just what they need to do to do that. And it's, it can be easy and a lot of fun. And that's why I love uh, what I do because it's finding people, uh, businesses that are um, successful or that they really want to be successful, they're passionate about and growing the heck out of them. Yeah, no, that's great. So, so to be clear, you add zeros to the right or left of the decimal. Where, 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 where do we add these zeros? You know what? I'm, I'm flexible, Sean. I'm, <laughs> I, I don't like to make rules and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, Either um, way. As we know, math is not an exact science. But it is it's, not. It's, it's, it's still evolving. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's a new field that they're still learning about. So left or right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, listen, yeah. it depends on whether you're using common core math or regular math. <laughs> it depends on how we, how we, yeah, I don't even zeros. know what that, that is. So common core math. Yeah. Um, you've never heard of the common core math. No, no. Oh yeah. Well, d Google it, dude. Your mind will be absolutely blown. They literally were trying to change math. <laughs> like, oh, okay. oh. yeah, no, no joke. Like this, the proven, like probably the most stable thing in the, in the history of any kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> science or anything. And they're like, Hey, I think we should change it. <laughs> so, okay. uh, well, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, good, good for them. So, no, horrible, uh, <laughs> horrible idea. Yeah, um, so cool, awesome, man. Thanks. Um, so, so let's jump in. So, so I cut you off earlier. So, so kind of restart that so people don't get lost. Um, talk about your talk about the big idea here. Yeah, how how are they not going to get lost? I I don't even know what I was talking about before. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm I'm now googling Common Core Math. Uh, perfect. Um, so we can talk about that the um, yeah. whole podcast. 
Yeah, if we could just have like five minutes of silence here while I just read about that, um, I'm sure that's what does it for your podcast. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll sing or no. something during it. <laughs> okay, well, let's not have that, so I'll, I'll get right to it then. Um, so, no, the biggest thing is really, and it, it's going to sound like a duh thing, but we'll talk about lots of examples and how it does add zeros, and I'm sure everybody listening can figure out how to apply it to, to their business. But the biggest thing when um, I go in, when I look at other companies, it's not just companies I work with or for. I mean, um, had the, the pleasure and the honor of working with, I'll say hundreds of maybe thousands of um, entrepreneurs and going through their businesses and strategies in every conceivable um, industry is really, like I said, an unwavering commitment to one thing. Um, and that, that's one thing at a time. As, as entrepreneurs, we're often like so attracted to the shiny penny, the, um, the, the flavor du jour, um, whatever it is, the new strategy um, that, that's out there. And I, I'm doing new in air quotes like you can uh, see it here um, because it's really, there aren't new strategies out there. I haven't seen one in years. There might be new strategies to me, um, but it's usually just new media or new application um, of that that we lose focus a lot because um, like you said, have you ever looked back and found that this little promotion was incredibly successful? And it's funny you said that because actually I did that in real estate. I tracked things relentlessly. I, I tried to get my use out of my finance degree by putting everything in Excel sheets and I tracked where my, uh, my customers came from that first year. It was, it was like nine months. I think I got my license in like March. So I had nine months that, that first year and that I was in business. And I found that uh, the vast majority of them actually came from open houses. Um, so then I said, well, well, heck, how can I really explode this um, with, the, with open houses? And then I did everything I could possibly think of to make open houses more profitable. Um, and that could be the front end where I was putting more, uh, more signs out. So the average open house, um, Sean, in case people don't know that, but they probably have a pretty good grasp of this, was um, there was an ad in the paper that was almost useless, and today it's more useless than it was um, a few years ago then. Um, so there was the ad in the paper that was more just so you could show the seller you were advertising. Uh, and then there were uh, internet, I don't know, I'll call them ads, but you could go online and find where open houses were happening. But the vast majority of the people who got to open houses were because an agent about five minutes before the open house would start, they would go and put out some signs on the, on the street that led to the house just says open house. Um, so that, that was all that uh, there was and that sure. was brilliant marketing. Um, and I realized if I was going to be spending two, three hours at a house, that's vacant on a beautiful Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Um, I don't want to just spend five or 10 minutes to get people there and kind of rely on hope to get people through. That's what I've been taught to do my first uh, year. And so I'd done that. But as I looked back, I'm like, well, how can we get a lot more people through? So then I started saying, well, open houses don't often find me the buyers of that house. So I really don't care about um, selling that house to the buyers that are coming through there like i think it was literally one time where i ever had a buyer who came through the open house and bought that house sure um, isn't it I usually like, like the neighbors it. and it's like the neighbors and other people interested in buying and selling their house isn't that the, the goal yeah yeah right yeah and so the whole thing was 
Well, um, let's look at it from all, all the aspects. So going in front of it, like how could I market this more? So I actually started doing um, like videos on YouTube and um, sending those out to people. I would send invitations out and this was to my list. Um, when I first got in, I mean, I maybe had 200 people. Like I, I put everybody whose address I could like knew me and that I had down and I just started letting them know what I was doing. So I'd invite them to all the open houses because these were not houses that I was actually selling. These were others because I was brand new, mm -hmm. um, but they didn't want to spend their Sunday afternoon. So I'd send to them, but the, the side benefit of that was I was doing them every weekend. Um, so all these people thought that I was like crushing it in real estate because I'm showing all these homes that are for sale and inviting them to open houses. And they presume that I have the house for sale. Sure. Um, so, so that was side benefit, but they, uh, they would also come. Um, so I'd send out invitations, but then I also started inviting um, all of the neighbors um, to it because like, like I said, I mean, people weren't going to buy that house, but my whole goal was just to get leads. Um, and if a neighbor sees me marketing a house uh, and they want to sell a house, uh, they might use me. So I started doing all this marketing um, around it and I, I put out the signs and then I said, well, what can I do to uh, capture more names there instead of just having the stupid sign in sheet like I was taught, like, hey, welcome to the open house sign in where at least half the people give you fake information um, and the other half is like grudgingly give you some type of information. Um, I, I didn't ask for them to do that. I gave them a booklet of other homes, uh, like within, I'll say 50% price up and 50% price down, uh, within like a mile of there that were also for sale. Um, and I said, um, Hey, well, you can also take a look at, uh, this list. And if you want me to send it to you, I'll, um, get your information because I only have the one copy, um, of that. So, and a ton of people wanted that and the ones that didn't were just the neighbors who really had no interest in moving anytime soon. I don't want sure. want to like force my marketing on on people. Um, and then it was the follow up afterwards. And so the next year, more than doubled my income just by focusing heavily on open houses um, with that. And I get more people there. I get more serious people. I get more uh, collect more names, and then I would um, close more deals through the uh, follow up. So it was really relentlessly pursuing open houses that first couple years that allowed me to double my business after the um, first uh, nine months. And then uh, from that second year, uh, double it again. And it was where I was actually a top agent in my office just with after about uh, 16, 18 months. And within three years, it allowed me to grow enough. I opened my own real estate company. Um, so so but, you just focused relentlessly on a handful of strategies, basically to to grow i mean is that you know yeah is, is that kind of where you're where you're seeing it yeah it absolutely so and it didn't have to be open house like so that's what it did except i didn't have to like it didn't take me another 12 months to figure out open houses like once i had that in place and i figured out okay this is the process for open houses then as you know from the beginning i sent out newsletters so then i mm -hmm. focused on getting referrals and what was everything I could do to get referrals? Because most people, it's kind of referrals by chance um, or referrals by hope, which was, yep. is a bad strategy. Um, and instead, I wanted uh, referrals by design um, and have systems around that. So then I focused on referrals. Then I focused on like the geographic farming element of things, but how to do that differently, where you pick like a neighborhood that you want to 
go into. But most people, again, when they do that, they say, hey, I want to I, I grow in this niche. They do like maybe a postcard a month um, that they would send. And they were all the same stupid postcards that people were sending. It wasn't offering any value uh, to them. It was just like, hey, if you want to sell your home, give me a call. Yeah, um, I sell lots I've of homes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone has. Um, and I mean, the funny thing is, it still worked to some extent. If you send even bad marketing long enough to the same people, um, it, it'll work. I mean, the whole blind squirrel analogy type yeah, of yeah. thing. Um, but if you do incrementally better marketing and really had a plan, I would collect three to five percent um, of the names of the people I sent to every single month. They would respond to my mailer. So that's like unheard of in the industry where like a half percent response rate was through the roof um, where I was getting, I mean, at the low end, 600 percent better than that, uh, 600 to a thousand percent better response rate by focusing on that. So, but that's what businesses really need to do. And you can do a couple things. Like I talked some more processes like open houses. Um, others were like a niche and I did a geographic niche and then it can even be uh, layering those on top of each other. So then I started focusing my open house process on that geographic niche and that had an exponentially better effect because then I would just do open houses every single weekend in this group of like 500 homes, this same neighborhood. So uh, these neighbors thought I like ruled this neighborhood because every single weekend I'm doing open houses at different homes in there. And they would see me again and again and again, because of course I'm inviting the neighbors. And I was, I, was, I mean, my late twenties and these were 500,000 to a million dollar homes. And they thought like I was the go-to guy for that sure. neighborhood now by layering this open house strategy on top of this geographic farm. So I quickly became the top guy in that neighborhood. Within six months, I had kind of, I'm not going to say kicked out um, because I, I didn't do anything against them. I just became the go-to person for that neighborhood. And that was a, an exceptionally short period of time. And it was actually funny. Uh, I was mailing into that neighborhood also and the brokers that I was working for actually told me I couldn't mail there anymore because I was upsetting other agents in the office who quote unquote owned that neighborhood. They lived <laughs> in the neighborhood. They had been farming that neighborhood for years. Um, so I couldn't send out mailers, even though I was paying with my own money. I wasn't asking the, the brokerage to. And as you can imagine, that's also about the time I started my own company. Yeah, yeah um, of course. So yeah. Because, um, I thought that was kind of a silly, silly uh, rule. Yep. Seems, um, seemed like a silly rule, very targeted. Um, so like, it's interesting. It's interesting because like what you said is like, you focus on one strategy, you got it going, then you focus on a second one. And you know, it goes for that. That's true for marketing, but it's actually also true just in general for, for, you know, potentially what it is that you sell. Right. So um, I'll give you a, a short story on for, from my background, right. Which is we had originally had three different products here. We weren't called the newsletter pro I actually uh -huh. started with a different name uh, called solution marketers. And um, we had three different products, one of them being a newsletter and we got a little bit of traction. Like, you know, we maybe we're doing like 40,000 bucks a month or whatnot uh, after 18 months in business or something like that. <clears throat> and the funny thing was, is I realized I, I cannot, I can't keep doing this. Like I'm jumping from phone call to phone call. Cause I was like head salesperson at that time. Right. I was the, the only marketing guy. So I'm marketing three different companies. Basically it's like, I've got to pick one. So I finally pick one in September of 2012. 
and I choose newsletters. And, uh, and then by the end of the year, we had more than doubled our sales. We'd gone from like $40,000 a uh -huh. month to, to like, you know, over, we were now over a million dollar company. So like over $83,000 a month. Uh -huh. right? And, um, it was, it was crazy talk because, because had I not chosen, you know, I, I never would have gotten traction. Now today, if I wanted to add another product line and we have added product lines, but if I want to add another product line, it's so much easier, right? This one's already up and running and now I can put my efforts in over here. And so sometimes it can even go with product lines that you offer, you know, um, in your business. You know, if you want to, if you're adding XYZ service, focus just on that. Don't add three new services all at once. Right now, exactly. I mean, so the, and it doesn't have to be a year. It doesn't even have to be a month. I mean, like if you want to sell a new product or if you have lots of products and services and, and that's a whole nother thing is, um, I mean, even within real estate, some people are like, well, you really only have one product. I'm like, well, I have one product, but there are lots of different markets. So there are empty sure. nesters. There's people who want to live on a lake. There's people who are being transferred. There's uh, first time buyers, like et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I would also focus marketing on, um, but those various things, I mean, I would buy websites at, uh, it was like Lake County, Lake homes.com was the website that I was in Lake County and there were tons of lakes in Lake County, which is probably not surprising. Yes, um, yes. and so I'm like, well, I want to focus on people who want to live on a lake. And so I'm going to have a website that is just devoted to homes on lakes in, um, Lake County, uh, there. So like become the go-to place for that. And my, my weirdest one, Sean, um, mm -hmm. this was short lived because I was not passionate about it, but it was lucrative. Um, like lakes, I liked, I grew up boating. I had a boat. I most recently lived on a, a lake just before moving to Nashville. Um, but, but the weirdest one I did, I focused on homes that backed to high tension lines. Um, those are really? power lines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I kind of fell into this, but I realized that those homes usually sold for about 20% less than the other homes. So like, but people could get like a much bigger, nicer home than they could afford. Otherwise it was just at a back to these high tension, um, lines. So like I, I became the expert in the health risk, how to mitigate the, the fact that people thought there were all these health risks and you do like found out that the electrical company would actually come out for free and do it do a study and post like their findings. Um, and they, they give awesome examples and being like, okay, standing here is like sitting eight feet from your TV. Um, you're letting your kids like hold an iPad against their face eight hours a day. Um, but you're worried about the uh, wires that are a hundred yards away. Um, well, so, and you always also funny. have this cool white noise. If you ever want to open up your windows, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have the perfect yeah, white noise. When it rains. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, you get this nice little, little humming. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, you can, you can go but, to sleep. Uh, again, I mean, it was funny because I found those homes sold quickly and I found everyone else was marketing to, they would meet with those home sellers and be like, Oh, this is a problem. This is bad. Um, everything. I was the only one going out to them saying like, Hey, I'm going to show you why, um, people love your, your homes yeah. um, because they can get, they couldn't afford a half million dollar home, but good news is your home's only 400,000 because of the lines you bought it at a discount, you'll sell yeah. it at a discount and someone's going to have a freaking big home that they couldn't have afforded otherwise. Um, so any, anyways, it, it was kind of a, a funny one. Um, I did not keep that going for super long because like I said, I wasn't 
real interested, but to get that, I've been relentlessly focused. I literally spent like a week, I, I picked the neighborhoods I wanted to do, and to get the addresses that back to the lines, I would walk up and down the street and write down the addresses yeah, um, sure. from that because I needed to see which ones like backed to the actual lines and had the view and that so that I, because it was very segmented marketing, obviously, yeah, you can just sure. mail to the whole neighborhood. Um, sure. And same with that lake home. So even there, it was like, what is everything I can, um, can possibly do to dominate that market? I didn't just want to be in a market. I wanted, I wanted to own that market in real estate. And so, I mean, right now work with uh, Kim Walsh Phillips and uh, powerful professionals and talked about this concept. And so literally for the last year, it was just last week, we introduced a uh, new line of webinars, but for the last year, um, we spent on one single marketing funnel um, that started out with a free offer of getting 10,000 fans. Um, so, and did a live presentation, and I, I know I've shared this with you, Sean, but uh, four times a week, a live presentation around this funnel. So talk about like a relentless um, pursuit towards one thing, but that's what allowed us to, uh, to really grow. I'm actually just pulling up the the number uh, right here, um, I, I had changed it to go look up math um, <laughs> here, but um, let's see. In the last year, uh, 79,478 uh, new people have been generated through this funnel. Um, so like people gave us their name and email address and um, a percentage of those obviously become buyers and clients and members and all of that, that stuff. Um, Cause honestly, when I went into the business, she had a lot of products, she had uh, services also and an agency and everything. She was like most entrepreneurs, it was just adding more and more and more to grow where this was actually being totally focused on this one thing and really um, growing that. So, I mean, it can happen in any business and it's, it's often freeing because when you just focus on one thing, you know what you can say no to also you stop having sure. to worry about new products, new, this new, that new, like I'll call them opportunities, but um, distractions are often disguised as opportunity. Sure. Um, so uh, that's, that's really the, the big thing. I don't know if this is um, helpful for people. I'll give one more example. That's totally different and it's retail and brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. um, if that's okay, Sean, if we still yeah, have go time. for it. Yeah, we're good. Okay. So, um, one of the companies that uh, work with is a uh, show is actually on Shark Tank, um, and it's this company called Wine and Design, and it's like those paint and sip things. You go and paint, and you drink wine, um, and fun little thing. And uh, these companies, though, they they really didn't know how to uh, um, market great. A lot of people who get into that franchise and buy in, um, they get the system, but then they don't know what to do totally, and so we're going over the different marketing options with them and it's like just pursuing all the different ways you can get like quote unquote free leads. Um, and there's really no such thing as, as a free lead. It takes time or money or a little bit of both, but um, how can you get the most inexpensive leads possible? And like they told me all of their ways, which took literally like, two minutes, it's like, well, we got, <laughs> there's Groupon and then we can do mailers. Um, and like that, that's their ways. They're like out. Um, so, and, and the thing is if they do that consistently, it's actually effective. 
Um, so, I mean, it's a great franchise. They do, it's a lot of fun and they've got these, but then I'm like, well, you guys ever do that little fishbowl thing where it's like you, because this is a local business and sure. it, they like want that. It's not like they're getting people driving a hundred miles to go do paint and drinking. Um, Cause you really shouldn't be driving after that probably if you, if you do it right. Yeah. If you're having um, fun. So yeah. Yeah. If you, if you over imbibe, um, like why wouldn't you over imbibe? But that's a whole different story. Um, but anyways, so, uh, I said your local business, um, you guys see those fishbowl things with the cards. They're like, yeah, but I mean, no one just comes into us and does a free painting. I'm like, no, you're thinking too much inside the box. What if you go to, other restaurant counters and things like that. And you ask them, um, because you're friends, you make friends, you do whatever. Um, and you tell them, Hey, they can win a free paint party with their, um, card in there. And then for the other person, what you do, you collect all those cards, you put them in their, your thing. And when you announce the winner each month, um, you say it's brought to you by whatever Mike's hot dog stand. Um, and you give an offer for their thing as well. So there's only one winner, except you you collect hundreds and hundreds of these uh, business cards and information, and you get a little painting party for four people or whatever. But now you can follow up. You got hundreds of leads yeah. um, from that. I mean, so we, we went through that, and that was like a, a light bulb went off. And I'm like, and you guys actually teach how to paint on glass. They do these wine glasses that you paint on. I'm like, can you paint on a fishbowl? Can you have something unique? Can it be something cool, like with the restaurants? info and some kind of cool design um and then like the juices started flowing and they started thinking of all these other things that they could do like that but i'm like just concentrate on the businesses around you that are getting the traffic like you guys are worried about getting traffic don't worry about that plenty of places get hundreds of people in a day so just go and be that person in line there get those same leads and make it a win-win and it's so much easier but it, it was it wasn't until they kind of went down that line of thinking got some examples that we realized there's dozens and dozens of opportunities with just the businesses. I mean, just within a couple blocks or within their town and they're usually friends with all these people. And I'm like, well, have a paint night for all these businesses and yeah, offer sure. to do this and et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, you, it works for everything. I mean, it works in real estate, works for doctors, dentists. I mean, whatever you are, retail, online, info marketing, I mean, just, you've just got to decide what you're going after. So I, I would pick either a niche, a product or service, um, or a process, and then focus relentlessly on that, whether it's a day, a week, a month, um, or like we did, a year. Um, because, heck, if something's working and you're not done um, doing that, then then keep doing that. And the biggest thing, like you said earlier with that, Hey, this made 300,000. Don't stop doing it. Um, yeah. because you get bored of it and we all do that. We get bored of our own thing way before others get bored of it. Like we really don't need to add more excitement into to our lives by cutting out profit centers. Um, so if something's working and it's good, like you don't necessarily have to be the one doing it anymore. Just hire someone out, sell it, um, do whatever. I was talking with an event planner yesterday who's literally turning down all these, all this business. I'm like, do you ever think like our, would other event planners like take this business, um, and pay you for it because you're too busy? And it's like, yeah, um, I guess, I guess some would. Um, so I'm like, well, yeah, maybe, maybe do that instead of just saying no. 
yeah. um, and letting them find someone else. It's not like they're waiting to have their, um, their event or their wedding until she's not busy. Um, so uh, anyhow, um, no, I, I man, that was, any questions, Sean, or? no, that was great. I mean, I, and I'm a big believer. I mean, that's look, we, we are the newsletter pro, like we focused on <laughs> right. newsletters, right. You know? Um, yep. So, and we're, you know, we're uh, a decently sized company, you know, with 60 employees and many, many millions in revenue. Every yeah. Day yeah. So, I mean, I'm more, more than decently sized and more than decently successful. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we do, we do. Okay. I mean, so yeah, I'm a big believer in it. And I, I, that's what I watch. Actually, I was talking to a mutual friend of ours before this call and um, you know, and I, literally it's funny cause we didn't even talk about, you know, we didn't talk that this is what the topic was going to be, but I'm like, so he, he's got like three different businesses running and none of them, you know, they're, they're doing, they're doing okay. Right. They're all doing okay. Uh-huh. But, uh, I'm like, yeah, well maybe, maybe we need to hone in on one of them. <laughs> we need to like, pick yeah. One. And yep. so it was literally my advice to him, uh, right before this. So, uh, it was pretty, pretty funny, but no, Hey man, that was awesome. Um, if people want to connect with you more, where should they, where should they go? How do they reach out? Well, I've got, I've got two options. Um, if they're into, uh, to food, just check me out on Instagram, just Mike Stodola, S-T-O-D-O-L-A. Um, that's not going to help you with your business at all, but it will make you hungry and probably fat. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the better option um, is probably check out PowerfulProfessionals.com, uh, um, write weekly uh, blogs about whatever is working in marketing today and sometimes what failed miserably. Um, so, uh, because both are very valuable, um, for people. So check that out and can check out that funnel that brought in 79,478 new contacts in the last, uh, in the last year as well. Awesome. All right, man. Well, look, I appreciate you being on today. Uh, thank you very much. Awesome, Sean. Always great to talk with you. Yeah, same. And, uh, all right guys, that's what we got for you today. Uh, on this episode of uh, million dollar strategy podcast, make sure you subscribe so you don't ever miss a single episode and, uh, leave us your comments and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for joining me today on the million dollar strategies podcast. Would you like to gain access to my top strategies for growing your business? As a podcast listener, get an exclusive free copy of my Amazon best-selling book. And all you got to do is visit seanbuck.com forward slash free book. That is spelled S-H-A-U-N-B-U-C-K.com forward slash free book and grab your complimentary copy today.